At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Friday morning to you. It is a numbers game at VSEN, the Sports Betting Network, VSEN.com, the VSEN app, Fubos, Link Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. However, you're taking us in today, we appreciate it. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Jeff Parles, producer number five and eight, Grover Cleveland producers. Also the host of Bet Center on the weekends. Jeff, you good? You ready? You ready for these games to be played already? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Come on. <laughs> a little more than 48 hours away. Today on the show, Vinny Maliulo, remotely not in studio. We'll talk to Vinny for a segment. Paul Carr, Premier League picks, the return of Dan West and everybody. The global tennis analytics expert, Dan, back on the show to talk Australian Open. We will have him as well. NFL, though, will rule the day, of course. Dr. Bob will be here to talk about his favorite NFL plays. Jeff and I will uh, give our final plays as well. But first, talking about long-lost friends, ladies and gentlemen, back on the show for the first time in a long time. And that's just that's my fault because I probably, probably thought he was too busy. I don't want to bother him. From SharpFootballAnalysis.com, SharpFootballStats.com, at SharpFootball on Twitter, and, of course, NBC Sports and The Ringer. It's Warren Sharp. How you doing, man? Hey, Gil, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, I heard your intro, and I know you said let's get the games on already, but I'm glad that we're taking our time to slowly get there because the beginning part of this week has been hellish for me. So I'm happy that we're finally kind of easing our way into it. Let's not, let's not rush things. Let's build up the anticipation a little bit. I'm absolutely fine with taking our time. The playoffs are here, and it's the best time of the year. You know what? You're right. We should enjoy the moment. The anticipation is almost as good as the games themselves. Do you like the 2-3-1 as opposed to 3-3 three and three ultimately for a Super Wild Card weekend? No. I don't either. I don't. I don't. I, I, I hate the Monday night because as of Sunday night, I want all the games to just be ending, and so we can move on with handicapping the next round, with opponents for the next round. You know, obviously they did it so that, the, a, the uh, NFC, who plays on Monday night, they stuck all the NFC games on Sunday and Monday so that there's not two days advantage for one of the teams. So we're only seeing AFC on Saturday. I know why they did that. That said, I still just want to see the new slate of games for the divisional round, the best weekend of the NFL season. I want to see those games on Sunday night. And I want to see all the matchups, all the lines, and I want to start handicapping. So I, I absolutely hate the. Two, three, one. Yeah, I, I do a show with my buddies Matt Brown and Kelly Bidley called Primetime Action on Monday. I think selfishly because we do a show, I like it for that. But if I didn't do that show, 
I would be totally about the three and three again. Let's not waste any time because I only have you for limited time. Let's do these one by one, get some brief thoughts from you on either the side or total, however you want to go with any of these. The Raiders and the Bengals, Warren's the first one tomorrow. The Bengals are now favored by five, five and a half. It was six at the outset here in favor of the Bengals to come down just a tick. And just anecdotally, the most divided opinions on the side from my standpoint. Where do you stand on this? Yeah, I think the biggest factor here is whether or not the Raiders are going to generate that pressure. We know they don't blitz much. Last time that they played the Cincinnati Bengals, they only got pressure on Joe Burrow on early downs on 20% of his dropbacks. That was the second lowest pressure rate for the Raiders of the entire season. The other thing about that game that's interesting is that game was only 16-13 to in the fourth quarter, so far different than the 32-13 to final score indicates. Um, I can absolutely see why there's been some early money coming in on the Raiders in this spot. I understand the rest disadvantage. I think you are going to be jacked up to get your first chance in the playoffs if you're Derek Carr. I don't think that the rest is going to be a big factor until late in the game, if anything. And I also think that if you're leading or the game is super close late, you're, you're going to be riding on cloud nine at that point. It's, it's if you're down by seven or ten points at that point, I could see the fatigue wearing on you. Um, I'm anticipating a, a, a very competitive game, though, in this one. I really don't know that the rest is going to be that massive of a disadvantage. I personally have not bet a single thing in this game, however. Okay, that's fair. Let's go to the second one, New England at Buffalo. Obviously, the third matchup between these two teams. First one was the wind-swirl game in Buffalo. Second one was a good Josh Allen performance where uh, they decided to actually let Josh Allen run the football as opposed to the first game. Buffalo was favored by 4.5, came down to 4. I'm seeing the 4.5 start to tick back up again. What do you got here? Total 44, Warren. Yeah, this one, that's when you're going to see the most divided opinions uh, because of the total um, and, and because of the weather primarily. There's a great, it, it, it's great to have a game like this so that you can have some weather so that everybody can talk about it and, and, and make a big deal about it. And, you know, as, as sports bettors, I think it's the primary position for us to fade the public sentiment. I mean, what, there is going to be very little value riding with, what the public believes something is going to happen. So when ESPN is coming on SportsCenter and having whole segments about why Josh Allen needs to take Viagra because this game is going to be so cold <laughs> that he's not going to be able to circulate any blood in his system. And you know, everybody's talking about how the body's not going to be able to move and nobody's going to be able to do anything. That's when you just got to look back at history and realize one thing when you're studying uh, the history of cold-weather games and that is that it's not the cold that makes a game go under the total. And so, you know, you'll hear studies back to, oh, the last, the 10 coldest playoff games in history. You know, in 1960, there was this game. In 1980, there was that game. The rules were different back in that time. And teams didn't pass the football as much as a result of that. And you also didn't go for it on fourth and two from midfield. That was an auto punch back in those days. These teams went for it a combined 10 times on fourth down the last time that they played. Since 2009, I went back and looked at the last 40 games that had weather 20 degrees or lower at kickoff. And 20 degrees is cold. And I understand it's not warmed up a degree, Gil. It was 6 degrees yesterday when I checked this game. Now it's 7 degrees projected. So, hey, we're heading in the warm direction here. But 7 degrees for this game, I mean, that's still a big difference than 20. 
That being said, under 20 degrees, the last 40 games, we've seen 58% of those games go over the total. We've also seen sub-15 degrees. We've seen 59% of those games go over the total. Why? Well, because the totals are lower. I'm not saying they're scoring more points. I'm saying relative to the total, they are exceeding that total. And so I faded the move on the under. Uh, when I saw that it wasn't going to be snowy, when I saw that it wasn't going to be windy, I mean, we're talking about five-mile-per-hour winds is the forecast. I don't think there's been a single game played in Buffalo all year where there was less than <laughs> seven-mile-per-hour winds. So I simply think that uh, both of these teams are still going to be able to execute in the passing game. They're going to have to make adjustments. The ball's going to be hard. It's going to feel like a rock. You're not going to be able to catch it into your shoulder pads. You're going to have to catch it with your hands. Um, but the shorter passing games that Buffalo operates sometimes should still have a ton of success. The deeper passes, as long as they're lofted in there, should still have success. Mac Jones doesn't have a strong arm. Those passes should have success. It's going to be just basically, Gil, whether or not Buffalo can jump out to a lead here. If this game is tight and, the, and, the, and it's like 7-6 to six at halftime or something like that, of course, I, I think that the Patriots probably will win this game outright and it goes under the total. But it's going to be incumbent upon Buffalo to jump out to a lead, to force the Patriots into an uncomfortable zone where they have to call a lot of passes because we know what they want to do. They just want to hand the football off. And if the Bills are able to jump out to a lead here, I think this game has a very good shot at going over this low total. I like it. Uh, we probably only have time for one more game here in uh, this uh, time here, Warren, with you. So I'll let you choose of the remaining games what you wanted to get across the most. I think this Eagles-Bucks game is very interesting. It's the next game up on the slate, but you got a weather system that's moving through there. So you think Tampa, you think sunny weather after Buffalo, but it's actually supposed to be rainy and windy and not actually all that warm there. And that same system is going to dump a ton of snow up the East Coast uh, Sunday night and into Monday. And it's going to move through, and if it moves through as predicted, it's going to be difficult for Tampa to be throwing the ball deeper down the field. They're going to have to be uh, a dink and dunk. It's going to be raining during the course of the game, and I think that the weather actually would favor the Philadelphia Eagles at that point in time. I don't love the Eagles' defense whatsoever in this game. Um, I, I think that Brady will be able to pick them apart with the shorter passing game. That said, I mean, the thing that's very dangerous is if you got Jalen Hurts scrambling and, and the – Bucks are up 10 points late. I absolutely think that Jalen's going to be able to run the football here and convert on some second and long, third and long situations as they need to. I think the run game for the Eagles could be okay. I also think that the Eagles might be doing a little bit of no huddle gill, a little bit of uh, tempo here, and getting to the line of scrimmage quicker and forcing those defenders of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who aren't in proper game condition because they're returning for multiple weeks and probably aren't 100% to not substitute out of the game. And when that happens, it has the ability to wear some of those guys down a little bit here. I, I'm not saying I've bet the Philadelphia Eagles yet, but if this rain holds true, you know, I think that they really do have an interesting shot. All right, we've got 60 seconds left. Want to talk about San Francisco-Dallas a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to fit this one in. And actually, if you, if you need me to, I could stay for one more. I've got to be out by like 25. All right, we'll keep you after the break. Uh, let me just ask you about the ones that you just said then. We'll get to, uh, we'll get to the, the remaining three after the break, and we'll get you out quick. But the, of the ones you just talked about, 
the Eagles versus the over in that New England-Buffalo game? Because you said you didn't really do anything in the Bengals-Raiders game. Which of those two, if you could only bet one of them, which is the one that you think, or are you just waiting for the conditions in both cases? No, I've already bet the Bills over. Uh, I took that at 43. Look, I, I think the number is wrong, and I'm going to fade the public sentiment that this cold weather, they're not going to be able to do anything. Um, I, I think the Bills are going to come out here aggressively. I really do, and I think that that's going to drive the pace of this game. That's going to drive the direction of this game. Like I said, if the Bills came out conservative, different game, but I don't think that's going to be the case. All right, Warren Sharp uh, at Sharp Football. SharpFootballAnalysis.com, SharpFootballStats.com, and, of course, NBC, uh, NBC Sports, rather, and The Ringer as well. We'll squeeze in the other three games next, right here on a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Football playoff season is here, and it's time to download BetMGM Sports. It is Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM, with all your favorite wagering options, along with in game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Just download the BetMGM, uh, BetMGM app today, that is. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM. State of the art technology and fan friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly, and if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Still to come, Dan Weston on the Australian Open, Paul Carr on the Premier League, Vinny will join us later, Dr. Bob on the NFL, and Jeff and I will look at AFC and NFC exact matchups, those markets, coming up momentarily. Fascinating to talk our way through. Uh, Warren Sharp back with us for five more minutes here. Uh, from Sharp Football Analysis, Sharp Football Stats, and, of course, NBC Sports and The Ringer. Uh, Warren, San Francisco, Dallas, should it worry me that everybody I talk to loves the Niners? <laughs> Maybe. And and I don't get that, Gil. It is so bizarre, isn't it? Because A little bit. Dallas is known as America's team. Dallas is only laying three points at home. And Dallas has the best ATS record of any team in the NFL this season. And, and one more thing that's very important. We just saw Dallas play on prime time, week 18, Sunday night, or what is it, Saturday night football. They put up 51 points on the Philadelphia Eagles. The whole nation saw that game. And then we turn around and see the, uh, the 49ers 
fall behind 17 to nothing against the Rams. And yet, you know, we are getting this swell of support for the 49ers here. It does bother me a little bit. I'm not quite sure why. Pitts, yeah, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm just not oh. sure why that is. Oh. But in general, um, in terms of analyzing this game, I think the one X factor here is, A, can the Niners run the football here? Because if the Niners can run the football, that is absolutely going to help change the course of this game. The Dallas Cowboys have not faced any good rushing attacks this season. They have a below-average rushing offense, and they play uh, – they play – sorry, they – a below-average schedule of rushing offenses, and they rank below average against the run. And what is George Kittle going to do here? Because Dallas really struggles against in-line tight ends. Yeah. Not tight ends split in the slot, not tight, not tight ends put out wide, not Darren Waller types, but the Rob Gronkowski types who, when he was out wide, they threw an interception to it, but when he was in the in-line next to that tackle, eight of eight, two touchdowns on those eight passes, 11 yards per pass attempt. That's where George Kittle lines up. Uh, but I'm absolutely worried about what this Dallas offense is going to bring to the table from a passing perspective here. Yeah, and that 49ers pass defense uh, has not been good statistically this year, yeah. that's for sure, uh, especially against the deep ball. Pittsburgh at Kansas City, Warren, it's the biggest spread on the board. It is 13. I took the points. I know that is uh, ugly to some, but I just thought it was too many. You? Well, it all depends on the practice report here with Tyree Kill for the Chiefs, uh, with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for the Chiefs. These guys were downgraded at practice yesterday. Now, was that because there was defensive install going on and they didn't need to put them up there at 100%? Maybe so. And if that's the case, then, you know, the Chiefs are going to be a tough team to tangle with here. Uh, but I love the way that Ben Roethlisberger put on that hat the other day of just saying, look, we're, we're like 20-point underdogs. Nobody expects us to win. We shouldn't even be here. Why not go out there and have a little bit of fun? If the Steelers actually call plays like they're having fun, if their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, stops calling passes behind the line of scrimmage on third and ten, right? If this team actually is calling an aggressive game plan, <laughs> who gives a crap scenario, let's just go out there and try to score and compete. I think that this team could be able to put up some points here. So it's entirely based upon um, their offensive philosophy, in my opinion. They're going to give it their best effort. It's, they're outmatched. But um, I would not be laying the full game spread here with the Chiefs. I think, I think you're on to something there. I have not personally joined in the party yet, but that's where I would lean if I was forced to. And finally, real quick, Warren, a couple words on Arizona at the Rams. Monday night, Rams by four and a half. Yeah, this one, again, um, it's just too much volatility for me because I don't know what Kingsbury's going to do. I don't have much confidence in him. I don't like his in-game decision-making, his process. Uh, the Cardinals have been falling off of late, but, um, you know, and, and Sean McVay owns these guys. Like, historically, he's done really well against them. So I have not – this is another game. I don't have a lot of action right now. I'm looking for a few things to come together based on injuries and weather before I fire. Uh, I will have a number of bets this week, but I only have the one right now, and that's the over on the Buffalo Bills game. I just think that everybody is overrating this super cold weather, and I'm fading it. And if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But history doesn't show that I'll be wrong, and uh, you never know in a one-game sample size. But 
certainly the models expect more than 44 points here. Warren, thank you so much, and you're right. Let's enjoy the run-up to the games themselves before we actually get to watch football tomorrow. Thank you so much, man. You got it, buddy. Warren, enjoy the games. You too. Warren Sharp, everybody, at Sharp Football on Twitter. Check out all his stuff, doing all kinds of media. And by the way, God only knows how many football teams he's consulting at this point because he does consult actual National Football League teams on the payrolls of more than one, by the way, the latest word. I was wrong, by the way, about the Rams and the Cardinals. Not four and a half, four consensus. And I'm even seeing some three and a halves now, Jeff, in favor of the Rams. So some Cardinals money coming in. That's really the only move. The other one was a little bit of a tick down on the Raiders Bengals, right? I see I see five a lot. The Patriots Bills, as I said, back up to four and a half, but the real number that we haven't seen yet until this morning, Rams now by three and a half. Is that the one you're you you still have no play in that game? The Cardinals Rams game? No. No I don't, I don't have anything there. I, those are two very untrustworthy teams at this point. Yeah. Uh, for what Warren said, you don't know what you're getting out of Kingsbury. It's probably going to be something that's not particularly good. And for the Rams, uh, Matthew Stafford, I know he played better in that first half against the 49ers, but the previous two games were a disaster, and the second half was a disaster for the Rams too. So yeah. I, they're two very untrustworthy teams. Uh, so I, I think the best way to put it is talk to me on Monday. I'll probably have found something by then. All right. We'll save our uh, Jeff and my final thoughts for the uh, football games. Last segment of the show, we'll get Dr. Bob's opinion in between time. Uh, one, I hope you played the tennis picks last night. Two dog winners uh, on a numbers game here uh, after a 0-2 uh, the previous day, by the way, and then a win the previous day. Our 2022 season kicks off, uh, and we get uh, – we get it done last night again with the two dog winners. Aslan Karatsev uh, gets it done as a short dog. He does so against Dan Evans of Great Britain. And then we had Tanasi Kokonakis, who was about plus 131-ish, I believe. Can't remember the exact uh, penny to the penny. But right in that pocket, he gets it done in a thrilling three-set tiebreaker for those who woke up early this morning who were on the plays. Jeff, we squandered six match points before getting it done in the seventh. So congratulations to all who followed. Now, as to the question, and we will get to the Australian Open with Dan Weston, as to the question of, okay, well, what are the picks today? We have the four finals going on, men's and women's, both in Sydney and in Adelaide. And I mentioned this briefly yesterday. I don't believe there will be a pick. They're not all up, by the way. A few of them are. Um, one of them that was taken off the board, the Andy Murray Karatsev match. There will not be a play in Andy Murray Karatsev. I promise you that. That's too close to call. Um, the only one, and by the way, Madison Keys appropriately priced at over three dollars uh, in her match. For those who were uh, wondering about that one in particular, uh, as we continue to make tennis a staple here of this show, that is appropriately priced. I do not see the other men's final. The only other one would be the Badosa Krajikova match where Bedosa's minus uh, 141, Krajikova right about in the plus 115 pocket. That's the only one that comes close to a play uh, as far as tonight in Australia, just prior to the Australian Open. Play on Krajikova, by the way, at plus 115. But, however, I am not pulling the trigger on it ultimately. I don't think it's quite enough to make a play. You just never know in the matches and in these tournaments right before a major where uh, you, you figure in a, in a, in a final right before a major that all heads are, you know, 
screwed on straight and everybody's trying to win. But if something goes wrong early, it could get away from us. Uh, I saw a little bit of value on Krajikova, but ultimately no tennis plays on all this. Jeff, did you play the two last night? Have you played tennis with us yet this year? Have not. Did you play tennis with us last hardcore season? Oh, yes, that I did. That you did. Okay. How could I not? You're going to get year? back into it with the Australian Open? Yeah, get- now, now, that, uh, now that my brain can actually process more than one sport at a time again. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's the thing. We have, no, we have no brain space for anything else. So Dan Weston on the Australian Open. We'll do the Premier League picks with, uh, with Paul Carr. And then uh, Dr. Bob also join us in the middle for the NFL. And uh, we'll, we'll, we, we'll get Vinny in there, too. So your best bet this weekend in the NFL, because Warren's clearly was the over in that Patriots-Bills game. Yours is? Going against the grain with Dallas. This is very dramatic. You are going Dallas. I I am, yes. You and Kelly Bidlin, literally the only two people I know. This is just one of those where it feels like the entire world is on San Francisco. Terrifies me. And even though I, I, I think the Niners, for the most part, match up well with Dallas, we normally know what happens in that type of scenario. I know it's irrational that the whole, like, everybody's on one team, so God help us, but that's what I'm starting to feel about my San Francisco play. We'll get to all of that next. Dan Weston on the way. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay. Glad you could join us on this Friday morning. Friday morning, right before Super Wildcard Weekend. You know, Jeff, we're going with Super Wildcard, by the way. That's what we're doing. Do you have a uh, do you have a Jeff Parlay this weekend that you're playing in the NFL? No. Do, do you have a Stephen Lisa? Do you have a uh, no, Craig I, and Lisa Parlay that you're playing? I, I do not. What about a Stephen Tanny? No, no, no. But you can run through the whole family at, at some point. Sorry to go through every generation of the Parlay family. What about a Jedediah and Agnes Parlay? None of that. What? You, so nothing for you? You just a teaser? I am waiting this out on that Buffalo game because I want to see if we can and and it seems to be going the wrong way against me, but I would like it to come back where I can get Buffalo less than four, which I don't think is happening. And, again, playing these games in-game make a whole lot of sense to me. So, yeah, no, I look, there's just not much Dallas. I'm just playing because even though I don't think San Francisco matches up relatively well, but the one weakness, as we know, for San Francisco is their secondary isn't good, and Dallas can take advantage of that. So that's the main reason I land on Dallas. So, that again, this is, as always, it's a difficult week. The other thing is, too, the other one I was looking at would possibly laying with Tampa, but the weather scares me down there. Yeah. it's a, it, You know, again, just because they're there, like, so let's just say this once on, on the week. Just because they're there, just because we're getting to, su- to Super Wild Card, we get in their six games, doesn't mean you have to bet them all. But we recognize that everybody's human here, and so some people are just going to bet them no matter what. Uh, but, again, the Megapod, which we did yesterday, Drew Dinsick was kind enough to join us yesterday with uh, Mike Palm and Todd Wishnev. We really did sort of say, you know, what was conveyed by a couple of the guys on the show, Drew and Mikey specifically, and Todd also, that they're probably not three deep even into this. Probably not three bets deep. Do you want to look at those championship game uh, matchups? Let's do that here. Uh, this is a fascinating market for both the AFC and NFC because it's multi-layered, which I think is always great. We talk about it with the NIT in college basketball. Who's not good enough to make the big dance? Who's good enough to make the NIT? Who will be motivated enough to win the NIT? 
And so whenever you have different levels to think about for any betting prop, uh, makes it very interesting for any betting market. Let's go to the AFC Championship game. These are available at DraftKings. Um, and this is not an exact. It's not who beats who. It's just simply who plays who. And so this is available, again, at all DraftKings jurisdictions. Chiefs versus Titans in the AFC is the short shot at plus 220. Now, that should make sense to everybody because the Titans have a first-round bye, and they will get a home game in the division round. So the Titans literally need to win one home game to get to the AFC Championship game to be one of the participants. So that's why you'll see on the screen here that every Titans matchup, well, at least uh, four of the possible five, three of the four, three of the possible five, uh, are on the left side of the screen, meaning they're three of the shortest shots. Chiefs-Titans, followed closely by the Bills-Titans. You go down, oh, no, Titans-Bengals is next, and the Patriots-Titans. So four of the possible uh, five options on the Titans are on the short end, four of the shortest shots, and that, again, makes sense. They don't play. They only got to win one game. Chiefs-Titans is the, is the shortest shot because it's the 2-1. What makes this interesting, what makes these markets interesting both for AFC and NFC is, you have it's almost a puzzle. It's almost like a NCAA March Madness survivor pool. And for those who have participated in that, you know that it's not just about surviving. It's also about figuring out how the puzzle pieces fit so that you still have teams left. This is a little much, a little bit like that because let's say you took, let me get an example here. Uh, let's say you went with the Bills and the Bengals there at the bottom of the left. So Bills and Bengals is eight to one. That's a straightforward thing because you just have to have the Bills and Bengals win twice. Uh, once as favorites, at home home favorites this week for both of them, and then probably as road dogs in the second game. But there are combinations here where you could get crapped out early. So let's take the Titans-Raiders. Let's say you thought the Raiders had it in them to get to the AFC Championship. The problem is, is that the Titans and Raiders could meet next week if the Raiders beat the Bengals and the other seedings just follow suit of what their actual seedings and who's the favorite just just manifests. So that's the issue with that. Titans-Raiders would be a matchup next week in some cases, and so that could end up beating you in a market like that. So, Jeff, as we look at the AFC with that as a backdrop, that there's two levels to think about, not only who you think is going to win moving forward, but also then how the reseeding will affect your bets in a market like this. What do you like here? Would you bet any of these? Or is Chiefs-Titans literally the only one you'd bet? And at plus 220, you'd rather take a pass because it's too short. I don't want the plus 220. No, I don't either. I don't want the plus 220 at all. That that definitely is is out of out of the realm for me here. Looking at the rest of this board, the only the only one that looks okay is Kansas City and Cincinnati at 5 to 1. Now, the problem is you look at the way that that those matchups could play out, you get an upset there with Buffalo losing to New England and then all of a sudden you're done there. So, look, this is a really difficult market. It's a very interesting market to look at. Because you're playing, you're you're play, playing you're, chess. Yes, you're exactly. You're playing chess. Uh, but, look, I would probably – the only one that I'd look to possibly play would be Kansas City and Cincinnati at 5-1. to one. It's interesting, Gil, that the Bengals and the Titans are a shorter shot than Cincinnati and Kansas City. The Bengals and the Titans are a shorter shot than – Say again? Kansas ben. City and Cincinnati. And Kansas City and because Cincinnati. Yes. Well, that, they should that's, be. That's interesting to me. Well, again, 
they don't have to play this week, the Titans, right? Literally, the Titans just have to win one football game at home to be in this, which, again, is why you have four of their five possible matchups on the left side of the screen. Remember, they when I say four of the possible five matchups, and people are like, wait, wouldn't they have six possible matchups? No, you couldn't have the Titans play the Steelers in the AFC Championship. That could not happen, right? That game could only happen next week because of the reseeding. So you have to think about all the, all these different things uh, when deciding on these. I, I think it's a cool market, though. That's why I wanted to show it, because, because of that element. Let's go to the NFC just to check out some numbers. And I don't know. I mean, I think your your Bengals, uh, excuse me, your Bengals Chiefs one is about as good as it gets there. Here's the NFC. No surprise that it's the Buccaneers and the Packers. Again, the number two and number one seeds at plus two ten. Packers don't have to play this week. They only have to win one home game to get to the championship game in that conference. Buccaneers would have two home games if they win this week. Anything there interest you on this board? Because, again, you got to figure out, well, if the Cowboys lose and the Eagles aren't going to win, then the Niners would play the Packers next week. So you don't want to pick that one. You know, that's the kind of thing. I can tell you right now, do not bet the Niners and Packers one. Don't bet it. Don't bet it. Don't bet it. Because the Eagles are not beating Tampa. In fact, yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly right. Don't bet that one under any circumstances. Unless you think the Eagles are going to if be you're, If you're going to want a San Francisco one, you take a shot on, on San Francisco and Tampa. That's the one. Nine that you, to one. Yeah. If you're going to take a San Francisco one, that's the one you would take a shot on. The only thing is you're probably no. much better off money line parlaying. Not bet, probably. You are better off money line parlaying San Fran well, with Tampa twice. But think about what you're saying, though. So the Niners-Buccaneers is the one you said at nine to one. So the Niners-Buccaneers, though, you still would have to have, what would you get there? You would have to have, because the Niners would win, right? And then they would have to, you, and then, okay, then the Buccaneers would beat the Eagles, right? So the Niners would play at the Packers, and the Buccaneers would get a home game against either the Rams or the Cardinals, right? So that's probably the best uh, conventional wisdom, 9-1 to one on the 49ers at the Buccaneers. I just love that they have these up, man. I love that this because this is even to me because we have Super Bowl exactness, right? This team beats that team. Well, that's pretty straightforward, right? Oh, if I think the Packers are going to win the NFC and I think the Titans are going to win the AFC, Packers over the Titans of the Super Bowl, there it is. But it's not nearly as interesting as having to figure out, well, I think this team will win this game. But if that team wins that other game, I'm screwed on this bet because they'll play next week, not the following week kind of thing. I'm going to say that the. Uh, the sneaky one here. Can I interest you in any Rams 49ers at 14 to 1? So Niners beat the Cowboys. Rams beat the Cardinals, right? Not outlandish. Those are short short spreads. Then the Niners go into Lambeau as the team most built, perhaps, in the NFC, the way that they play football on offense, to beat the Packers at Lambeau. And then the Rams beat a Godwinless Bucks team in Tampa Bay. 14 to 1, 49ers Rams. You don't like that as much as 49ers Buccaneers, do you? 9 to 1. It's not bad. Again, these are really difficult options here, but yeah. here, the, the thing is, the LA Rams match up very well with San Francisco, or excuse me, with, uh, with with Tampa Bay. They've beaten them the last two times. They beat them in week 3. They beat them last year with Goff playing quarterback down mm-hmm. there on a Monday night. And San Francisco, look, if you're looking for a team to possibly match up well with Green Bay, control the clock on offense. They have a really good pass rush. 
The problem is Rodgers, I think, would eviscerate that secondary. So Disclaimer is we can't bet these. We're not in a DraftKings jurisdiction. Yeah, we're not in a DraftKings jurisdiction. But Jeffrey Parlay, if you were in a DraftKings jurisdiction, I said you must make one bet in either conference. The bet would be. I would probably take San Francisco and Tampa. Probably. I'm going to go San Francisco Rams at 14-1. How about that? But again, with a caveat that everybody's on the Niners, and that terrifies me. We'll come back. Dan Weston on the Australian Open, Paul Carr Premier League, Dr. Bob on the NFL as well. It's a numbers game at Visa, where sports betting analytics live. The Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. MJM welcomes you with a special offer on the pro football playoffs. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team scores a touchdown, you'll win $200 in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Enjoy the playoffs like never before and earn M-Life rewards that you can redeem at any MGM resort. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if either team scores a touchdown in a pro football playoff game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. So excited to have this gentleman back on the show. It's been too long at Tennis Ratings is where you can find him on Twitter. Still does uh, his stuff for Betfair. It's Dan Weston, everybody. How you doing, Dano? I am good, Gil. How are you? Doing very well. Great to see you, man. And of course, it is tennis's first major. And I mean, where do we start? We have to start with only one place. The latest, in case people missed it, on Novak Djokovic is he was allowed into the country um, by Victorian law. He was he then had his visa taken away. It was then reinstated, uh, and now it has been taken away again. And so it looks like there's an appeal that could happen or that will happen, but it looks like at this point, a little more than 48 hours away from the Australian Open, that Novak will not be playing. That's the current thing. And so, Dan, I come to you and I say, how has that then informed your bets? Well, it's, it's, it's such an interesting scenario, and there's still a lot of intangibles. I feel like this story's got a lot more to run, if you like. Um, he was 2.92 on Betfair on Wednesday, but before before the draw. Uh, now he's drifted out to around the 3.4 mark. So 
The market's pretty defensive on, on Djokovic. And I, in my pre-draw preview for Betfair, I wrote that I'd be pretty nervous if I held a big position on him. Uh, and and that's, that's certainly the case. Now, it might be worth sort of clarifying with, with your listeners is that the, check the rules. If you're going to bet on this tournament, check the rules. Yes. Because on, on Betfair, for example, if you bet Djokovic before the tournament and he doesn't play the first round game, you get a void, you get a refund. But if on on um, if, if say for the sake of argument, his legal channels give him a kind of a, a, a stay to some degree, and he plays round one, and then he gets thrown out of the country after round one, then you lose all your money. So as soon as, soon as he hits that first ball on court, everything's live, no voids. That and, and that might be different for various different sports books. So if you're gonna bet on Djokovic, check the odds. Now, personally, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't touch Djokovic for various reasons. First of all, I thought he was very short price, regardless of any any off court issues. Uh, I have Daniel Medvedev has slightly higher numbers than Djokovic on hard court over the last twelve months, anyway. Uh, and I was quite surprised to see Djokovic favourite with all those off foot issues. Now, obviously, we know now that this is just even worse pre tournament preparation for Djokovic. Mm. So the fact that he is only, only very slightly bigger than Medvedev in the outright market is uh, is interesting. And and it's also worth noting that prior to the draw and prior to the latest issues for Djokovic, the top three in the market had 83% implied chance of winning the tournament. That's fallen now to 72% because we haven't seen a lot of shortening on Medvedev and Zverev, even with those issues for Djokovic. We've seen the likes of Nadal, Tsitsipas, and a couple of the uh, guys just around the 100 to 1 mark or slightly shorter. They're the ones who seem to be benefiting from the uncertainty around Djokovic rather than the market leaders. Yes, it is super top-heavy, and if Djokovic is out, it could very well come down to a mano-a-mano versus Medvedev and Zverev. Uh, others will have a say, but those really are the three guys with Djokovic that have a shot. Did you bet anything for those who have a quarter-by-quarter a quarter market uh, on the men's side, Dan? Did you recommend anything there? I'm still playing through a lot of it. Uh, obviously, there's a lot to consider with the draw and working out the implications of the draw. It's also worth noting that I think Andre Rublev would then go into Djokovic's slot at the top of the draw if Djokovic is unable to play. So there's all sorts of ifs, buts, and maybes at the moment. So there's not a lot of certainty. So they would, so move, they would move the five seed up to the one seed. That's what I'm reading, yeah. Interesting, because there were some conflicting reports on that. At one point, they were saying the lucky loser would just move in, you know, so that's interesting. So a lucky loser would definitely take the place of Djokovic in the tournament, but I think in a different slot. From, but they would shift. From what, I've read, yeah. from what I've read anyway. It's an, yeah. un- it's an unprecedented situation. We just we, we absolutely are, are learning on the fly here. Um, and last thing about the men's side. Is there a player, we don't know, we're just getting the first round match lines now. And I don't want to. I don't know if you've even looked at those matches because they just really have been posted here recently. Do you have a, any first round match plays, or if you don't, broadly speaking, is there a name or names bubbling under that you, if not win the tournament or win their quarter, could see making some noise in this tournament that people should be aware of? Yeah, I, I think the the few of the guys with strong serves around the top ten and top fifteen in in the market and in the rankings are, are quite capable of making decent runs. Particularly when we think the conditions are going to be fairly quick for a hard court. Uh, the likes of Hubert Hukax and uh, Matteo Berrettini are two with 
very strong serve numbers. And only in quicker conditions, they're not going to be be that easy to break. So there may be there there are a couple of players to keep an eye on in the next tier of players, if you like. But but there's not as as we always say with the men's, it's it's not a lot that really stands out when the market's so top heavy to start with. Yeah. And what what about the women's side? You and you and I have done these for years, and we've always said, well, you know, yeah. the men's very top heavy. The women's, yeah, anybody can win it. Uh, anybody probably can win it on the on the ladies' side. But Ash Barty has really distinguished herself of late. So, do you look at that side and say it really is her tournament to lose at this point? Yeah. So I have her a reasonable distance ahead of the field. Uh, on num- my numbers, so the fact that she's at the top of the market and fairly clear of, of Naomi Osaka as second favourite is seems pretty reasonable. Now, obviously, we know that they're, they're now scheduled to face each other in round four, mm-hmm. which is an incredible clash uh, early in the tournament. So it's it's probably uh, unsurprising that Osaka's drifted about three points on Betfair from seven to not far off tens now. Uh, based on that draw, so the market's the market's looking to fade Osaka. She's friendless in the market after uh, that draw, and she's also got Amanda Anisimova in round three, who was one of the players so I was keen to keep an eye on for for the draw as well. Uh, and so, so it's a pretty tricky uh, round three, round four subsequently for for Osaka in this tournament, and it's it's not surprising that she's drifted at all. If I said to you, Dan, and we're talking to Dan Weston at Tennis Ratings on Twitter. Uh, global analytics expert on the sport of tennis and other sports. You betting cricket these days too, Dan? Is that what you're doing? I'm not allowed to bet on cricket. I uh, not I work with teams. Not allowed. Uh, yeah. Not allowed to bet on cricket. Uh, if yeah. I said to you, okay, you must make one bet in the futures market on the ladies' side, but it's not Ash yep. Barty. It's somebody else that's double digits here by American betting uh, parlance. Who would it be? It would be your friend and mine, Igor Swartek. Yes. Uh, six, sixteens. Um, so my, my numbers rate her as the third best hard quarter on tour right now. And obviously we know that, that she's young. She's got a lot of future upside as well. Young players tend to start the season often really well. We've already seen a few surprise finalists on the men's tour um, in these warm-up events. So I'm very comfortable with Swartek's price. Uh, and... And the fact that she's got a pretty straightforward opener, Harriet Dart from, from England in, in round one. Uh, Kasakina might be a bit of a test in round three, but you've got to be beating the likes of Kasakina in round three to, to win a slam or to get to the business end at least. And I think that she looks a very clear favourite to me in that in that uh, fourth bracket against the likes of Sabalenka, Kerber uh, and Leila Fernandez as well. So... I don't see a lot to trouble her, to be honest with you. Yeah, she and she got the opposite side of the bracket that, that Barty did, right? So they could meet in a final if it came to that. Yep. I'm with you, too. I know people, when I first said it last week, that Iga's probably the one long-shot bet, and I did put it in my pocket last week, uh, before the draw even. She is, she's got the numbers. She has the ability. Now, can she get over the Barty hump when facing her head-to-head? You know, who knows in the end? But in terms of the value... I would agree with that wholeheartedly that Igas Fiatek at 16 to 1, we're showing at Bet MGM, would be the long shot play on the uh, lady side. I took Zverev at plus 650, Dan, uh, in December, anticipating that Djokovic would, would be out. So this, this next 48 hours is, is actually as big a deal to me as the matches themselves, man. 
sure. And you you got the value regardless, right? Regardless, I got the value. Um, you don't have any play any plays in the finals here before the Australian Open in Adelaide or Sydney before we go. No, no, no. Just the, just gonna keep an eye on everything over yeah. overnight here in the UK before uh, some interesting interesting matches with uh, Kretschikova and Badosa, uh, two players who, who could easily do well in this tournament as well, yes. being in the final. I agree. Some marginal value on Kretschikova, I think. Dan, we got a run. Great to see you, man. Thanks, Gil. Take care. Speak soon. You too. Dan West and everybody at Tennis Ratings. Dr. Bob on the NFL this weekend. His picks next. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.